0: good morning good afternoon and good evening whatever time you're listening to this please welcome to the market color podcast this is a weekly podcast that is dedicated to providing our listeners with a broad overview of the kenyan financial markets However, due to the interconnected nature of the global economy, we have structured this podcast to begin with an overview of the global markets so as to give you a big picture perspective of the global economy. This is then followed by the Kenyan segment where we review the performance of the local markets with a view to covering all of the major asset classes. And finally, we wrap up the podcast by addressing the topical issue for that week so as to bring you up to speed with the latest financial headlines. This podcast is targeted at the individual with an interest in the financial market, but who probably doesn't have the time for research and analysis. That is why I created the Market Color podcast to call it and analyze the data on your behalf and to present it in a brief and concise manner that is easy for you to consume. This is episode number 32 and this week we are reviewing the performance of the Kenyan markets during the 48th week of 2022. That is from Monday the 28th of November to Friday the 2nd of December. And without further ado, this is your host Jamuhuri and together let's dive right in. We kick it off in the United States where the growth in jobs was much better than expected in the month of November, despite the Federal Reserve's aggressive efforts to slow down the labor market and bring inflation under control. The U.S. Labor Department reported on Friday that non-farm payrolls for November increased by 263,000 new jobs, while the unemployment rate remained unchanged at 3.7%. However, the November number was a slight decrease from October, which was revised upwards to 284,000 new jobs. The jobs data will most likely encourage the Fed to continue raising interest rates as it struggles to bring down inflation which is running at its highest level in more than 40 years. Staying in the U.S., the Commerce Department on Thursday reported that inflation in the month of October rose in line with estimates at 6% on an annual basis and 0.3% for the month. This was a step down from the 6.3% that was recorded the previous month in September. Meanwhile, the core personal consumption price index, which excludes food and energy prices, rose by 5% on an annual basis and 0.2% for the month. Across the Atlantic, inflation in the Eurozone slowed down slightly in the month of November as consumer prices eased off but highlighted the severity of the cost-of-living crisis across the 19-member regional bloc. The initial data showed that headline inflation rose at an annual pace of 10% in November, representing a dip of 0.6 percentage points from the previous month. And after several days of intense negotiations, the European Union on Friday agreed to cap the price of Russian crude oil at $60 a barrel. The cap on Russian oil is a part of the sanctions agreed by the G7 in an attempt to constrain Russia's oil revenues and consequently cripple its invasion of Ukraine. In the U.S. stock market, stocks recouped some of their earlier losses as investors looked past the hotter-than-expected jobs data to the upcoming Federal Reserve policy meeting. The Dow Jones Industrial Average hit a session low and was down more than 350 points before recovering to close at 34,429. Meanwhile, the S&P 500 also rebounded from an earlier loss of 1.2% to close the week at 4,071. Meanwhile, the tech-heavy Nasdaq Composite initially dropped as much as 1.6% before making up ground to close a session at 11,461 points. All the three major indices recorded weekly gains, with the Nasdaq posting the largest increase at 2.1%, while the S&P added 1.1%, and the Dow Jones ticked up by just 0.2%. In the U.S. bond market, Treasury yields pulled back from an earlier deep as investors looked beyond the stronger-than-expected jobs data to the upcoming Fed policy meeting on the 14th of December. The yield on the 10-year Treasury note pulled back by about three basis points to 3.488%, while the yield on the policy-sensitive two-year Treasury note gained over two basis points to 4.282%. Fed officials have been indicating that the pace of rate hikes could slow down, and markets are now expecting the central bank to implement a 50 basis point rate hike at its December meeting. In the commodity markets, the price of crude oil slipped about 1.5% in choppy trading on Friday, ahead of the OPEC meeting on Sunday, and the European Union ban on Russian crude, which kicks in on Monday. OPEC, that is the Organization of Petroleum Exporting Countries, is widely expected to reduce oil production, by 2 million barrels per day, while Russian oil output could fall by up to 1 million barrels per day due to the European Union ban. And as a result, Brent crude dropped 1.5% to trade at $85.57 per barrel, whilst the U.S. benchmark WTI, that is West Texas Intermediate, also fell 1.5% to $79.98 per barrel. However, despite the dip on Friday, both benchmarks recorded weekly gains of between 2.5% and 5%. Meanwhile, Marban oil which Kenya imports rose to $85.86 per barrel compared to $84.23 the previous week. In the precious metals market, the price of gold slipped on Friday, retreating from a four-month high after a robust U.S. jobs data fueled speculation that the Federal Reserve might continue its aggressive monetary tightening policy. The price of gold hit its highest level since August at $1,804 per ounce, however, After the jobs data, the price of gold fell 0.4% to close the week at $1,794 per ounce. We now change scene to the Kenyan financial markets. And we start off by looking at inflation. Overall inflation in Kenya declined marginally from 9.6% to 9.5% in November. And this was mainly due to declining food prices arising from seasonal factors. Food inflation declined from 15.8% to 15.4%, but fuel inflation increased from 11.7% to 13.8%. Meanwhile, core inflation, that is non-food, non-fuel inflation, increased from 3.8% to 4.2% in the month of November. Kenya's current account remained in deficit as provisional data on the balance of payments shows that the current account deficit increased to 5.5% of GDP in the 12 months to October 2022 compared to 5.2% for a similar period last year. The wider deficit reflects a higher import bill, mainly due to oil prices, which more than offset increased receipts from tea, service exports, and remittances. On the Kenya shilling exchange rate, according to data compiled from the central bank website, the Kenya shilling remained stable against the major international and regional currencies. At the close of the week, the Kenya shilling was trading at 122.50 versus the U.S. dollar, 146.92 versus the sterling pound, and to the euro at 126.97. And against the regional currencies, one Kenya shilling was changing hands for 30.53 Ugandan shillings, 19.04 Tanzanian shillings, and to the Rwandese franc at 8.5. On foreign exchange reserves, according to the central bank, Kenya's usable foreign exchange reserves remained adequate at $7.07 billion, that is equivalent to 3.96 months of import cover. However, this level of reserves is now in breach of the central bank's statutory requirement to maintain at least four months of import cover. In the money market, the liquidity situation in the interbank market was significantly improved during the week as government payments exceeded and more than offset tax remittances. Commercial banks' excess reserves in relation to the 4.25% cash reserve requirement stood at 13 billion shillings. Open market operations remained active with the average interbank rate at 5.06% compared to 4.64% the previous week. During the week, the average value traded increased to 22.1 billion shillings from 21.5 billion shillings the previous week. In the government securities market, the weekly treasury bill auction was held on Thursday the 1st of December and the central bank received bids totalling 19.8 billion shillings against an advertised amount of 24 billion shillings, representing a performance of 82%. Interest rates increased marginally but remained stable with a 91-day rate rising 3.8 basis points to 9.27%, while the 182-day rate ticked up by just 1.9 basis points to 9.75%. And the 364-day rate was a shade higher at 10.22%. In the primary bond market, the Central Bank of Kenya on Thursday held the switch auction, which was looking to roll over all the securities maturing on the 5th of December, which were totalling 87.8 billion shillings. The Central Bank was offering to switch these securities into a six-year infrastructure bond and received bids totalling about 53 billion shillings, representing a performance of about 60%. The reason the bond was undersubscribed can partly be attributed to investors' preference for shorter-dated securities, especially given the outlook for inflation and interest rates going forward. At the Nairobi Securities Exchange during the week, the equities market was on a downward trajectory with the NASI, the NSE20, and the NSE25 declining by 0.7%, 0.1%, and 0.8% respectively. This takes their year-to-date performance to losses of 24.3% for the NASI, 13.8% for the NSE20, and 17.9% for the NSE25. The equity market's performance was mainly driven by losses recorded by stocks such as Bamburi, Cooperative Bank, Equity Group, and Safaricom, which were down by 5.7%, 3.2%, 2%, and 1.2% respectively. These losses were however mitigated by gains recorded by stocks such as Standard Chartered Bank, Diamond Trust Bank BAT and ABSA, which increased by 2.3%, 2.1%, 1.6%, and 1.3% respectively. During the month of November, the equities market maintained its downward trend with the NASI, the NSC 20, and the NSC 25 declining by 1.8%, 2.4% and 1.1% respectively. The equities market's performance was driven by losses recorded by large-cap stocks such as Bamburi, Safaricom, and Equity Group, which fell by 6%, 3%, and 2.2% respectively. These losses were, however, mitigated by gains recorded by banking stocks such as NCBA Group, Standard Chartered Bank, and ABSA, which rose by 5.4%, 4.3% and 3.6% respectively. Meanwhile, market capitalization declined by 0.5%, whilst equity turnover fell by 32%. In the bond market, bond turnover in the domestic secondary market declined by about 18% during the week. And in the international market, the yields on Kenya's Eurobonds were on a downward trajectory. With a yield on the 10 year Eurobond maturing in 2024, recording the largest decline of 1.2% from 12.8% the previous week to 11.6%. And on that note, we come to the end of this week's podcast. Thank you for listening to the Market Color podcast. We hope that you found it to be useful and informative. And if so, please share it with a friend and help to spread the word around. We really do appreciate your assistance in this effort. For your information, the Market Color podcast is now available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Amazon Music. Please subscribe and remember to turn on alerts to be notified of new episodes. And if you have any ideas or feedback on how we can improve this podcast, please feel free to reach me on the following email address. That is jamuhurig at gmail.com. Jamuhuri spelled J-A-M-U-H-U-R-I. Once again, thank you for your continued support. I look forward to interacting with you again next week. But before I sign off, please allow me to share this quote from Jim Curry, which states, you can fail at what you don't want. So you might as well take a chance on doing what you love. Think about it and have a fantastic week ahead. Thank you and God bless.